Hello and welcome everyone to our podcast series, The Spotlight. I'm your host, Friederike Schnabel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. With me today is Vincent Chagnot, Head of Research at Generali Insurance Asset Management. Welcome, Vincent. Hello, everyone. Vincent, the first quarter is over. Can you give us a quick recap and set the scene for financial markets in Q2? In our 2022 outlook, we warned about poor beta performance this year. And among the key risks, we highlighted one, a surge in energy prices, and two, a much sharper hawkish turn from central banks. Both risks have materialized. The drawdown recorded in a typical 60-40 global stock bond portfolio stands around minus 5% for Q1. Looking forward, a lot depends on the outcome of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We are not holding our breath on a diplomatic solution, but the worst-case scenario of an escalation towards other countries or non-conventional weapons may have declined a bit, which has contributed to risk assets climbing a wall of worries in the second half of March. But risk assets still face significant headwinds this spring, not least from a landing of the economy and central banks walking their hawkish talk. Let's start with the economy then. How severe will the slowdown be? The situation is fluid and the developments of the crisis in Ukraine will matter greatly. But we think a significant slowdown is in the offing. We've cut euro area growth for a cost to just 2.2%, which is low considering the 1.9 carryover effect. By comparison, the ECB cut its forecast by just half a point to 3.7% at the March meeting. In our view, the transmission channels are many. The largest one, of course, lies in the surge of commodity prices, which will impact global demand. This is the worst shock on the euro area consumer purchasing power since the launch of the euro. It will also hit supply via the uh, global supply chain. Other transmission channels include the negative shock on confidence and financial conditions. The U.S. economy is less exposed, but not immune. We've cut the growth for a car there to 2.8%. The higher years, energy prices and the U.S. dollar all point to a large drop in the manufacturing PMI over the next six months. Will this slowdown make the central banks, especially the Fed, think twice about a steep tightening path? Central banks are facing a very difficult trade-off, indeed, between an acceptably high inflation and the upcoming slowdown. For now, tackling inflation is the priority. Forwards are pricing another eight hikes from the Fed in 2022, following the first one in March. There are only six meetings left, so this implies at least two 50 basis point hikes along the way. The market also sees the Fed peak around 3.25% by end summer 2023, more than 300 basis points above the starting point. This is indeed a steep pass by historical standards, and more so if we consider that quantitative tightening from this summer will also add a significant amount of tightening. Arguably, this is the first time since the 70s that the Fed and other central banks must tighten 
to push inflation firmly down rather than merely keeping it under control. Yet, we question whether the Fed can deliver so much tightening without threatening financial stability and causing a hard landing. We suspect that as economic data starts to disappoint, the Fed stance will turn slightly less aggressive. Marcin, now closer to home, you're French. Can you please say a word about the upcoming French election? Is that a market mover? The presidential election will be on the 10th and 24th of April. President Macron is leading the race. Far-right Le Pen is favorite to join him in the second round. Polls have tightened substantially. The central scenario is that Mr. Macron will run a second mandate. Should he win the second round by a tight margin, however, his party would be in a much weaker position ahead of the June general election which may see a broader coalition coming to power. We believe corporate trade spreads have widened too much relative to country spreads. So, to conclude, how to invest in this environment? We have reduced the cyclicality of portfolios. We stay short government bonds, but much less than before, following the sharp increase in bond yields. Likewise, we keep a short duration position, but a small one. We find that credit spreads, especially in Europe, have been hit relatively severely among other risk premia. Yet our overweight in credit is executed through defensive strategies. Prefer IG rather than high yield, subordinated debt rather than pure high yield, non-financial rather than financial, and defensive sectors rather than cyclicals. We've cut equities to small underweight. We see no rush in chasing the strong recovery from the early March lows. Our bubble strategy combining value and defensive stocks implies an overweight in energy, insurance, materials, durables, food, and healthcare. Thanks a lot, Vincent, for sharing these valuable insights with us. Thank you all for tuning in and hear you soon.